I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes, welcome to this week's episode. I feel like I always start with some variation of like, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things today. And to some extent, that is true because I... I talk about things here that I care about and that I'm excited about and that are my favorite things. Um, But one of the things we're going to talk about today is something that I always say I want to talk more about here. I do talk about it a fair amount over on Instagram, um, but I am so interested in this and care so deeply about this that I've thought about even like doing a series on it here. So let me know if this episode is is something you're vibing with because if it is, we will we will do a series on it. Um, but this topic basically is platonic intimacy. It's something I talk a ton about, I think a lot about personally. And we're going to talk about it today because I actually had someone reach out to me on Instagram um, in response to a post that I shared to my stories. And the post was basically something in the vein of like, in a secure relationship, these things are true. And it listed, you know, what those things were, which are basically like, you know, you feel safe. You feel like you're understood. You are able to fully be yourself. You feel supported. Stuff like that, right? And this person replied to that post in my story. And I'm going to I'm gonna paraphrase. I'm going to pick out pieces of, of what they share. I'm not going to read their full message verbatim. But this person basically said like, okay, I feel like I found this in a person. You know, we went on this long date. We met online. Um... And, you know, due to various circumstances, we can't actually be together romantically. Like the initial connection was attraction and romance, but we can't be together romantically, but there was a connection there. We've decided we want to be friends. Um, And, you know, I want to make sure this person's in my life, even if it can't be in a romantic way. Um, I've never met a person who's made me feel this way and who has, you know, kind of like let me feel like truly myself, let me feel this safe, all of these things, right? Um... But to me, this person says it's also strange for them to be friends with someone of the opposite sex, that they haven't had really had that before. Um, and there's also acknowledgement of like, you know, just not this person is is attracted to folks of different gender from themselves. So, you know, not being able to kind of distinguish that platonic intimacy from romantic sexual intimacy and so what this person's asking is like could you know could you talk about being friends with someone that you care about and are attracted to but you aren't dating and you know regardless of kind of the like sexual orientation gender configuration but just being friends with being platonic with someone that you are attracted to or were attracted to but you're not dating you're you're in a platonic situation and so, like, I think this is a really, really interesting question, right? And I'm, I am going to jump into the question specifically in a second. I'm going to talk about, you know, this specific scenario, right? Moving a relationship from something that was at one point romantic or sexual in nature into a platonic space and how you can sort of be intentional about doing that and some things to think about. But first, I'm going to hop up on my soapbox and I'm going to say, 
that in a, a broader way, I think it's really interesting to think about, you know, the fact that we think about intimacy as something that's only sexual or romantic. Because if we if we go back to this original list even, that this person was asking this question about this, this post that I shared to my story, what and I pulled the post up so I can read to you what it what it literally said. This post said, in a secure relationship, that's the header, and then the bullet points below it, you feel supported, you feel safe, you have space to be honest, you can be your full self, you feel supported, you feel valued, your boundaries are not violated, you are able to grow and evolve. And so I read those things, right? And I, you know, I think I think this post, and I'll share, I'll, you know, I'll put in the show notes, you know, who I'll give credit to the person who created this post and who I shared it from and everything. But I think this post was meant to be about romantic and sexual relationships, uh, just based on kind of the context. But like, don't tell me that these things can't also be true in friendship. The idea of feeling safe, feeling supported, feeling valued, having your boundaries respected, right? Like I really do think in really deep and meaningful friendship, in intentional friendship, that these things should all feel true also. And I realize not everyone agrees with me about this, but it feels important for me to say that like platonic friendship can fulfill deep emotional needs. It can be held in high regard and central importance in our lives in a similar way or sometimes I mean for some people in even higher regard than our sexual or romantic relationships if we have those right but I think we hear I really do think we hear the word relationship and that's part of why I'm just to be honest it's part of why I'm pretty sure that this post is talking about in a secure relationship it's talking about a romantic one But I think so many of us hear the word relationship and we immediately associate that word with a romantic partnership or sexual partner or a spouse, you know, whatever the case may be. And why is that? Like literally, this is a word. The word relationship basically means it's, you know, two or more things that are connected to one another and the state of their being connected to one another. So if we're thinking about that in terms of people, then why do we not also include our friendships in that? You know, these spaces where we're also opting in and making a choice to be in relationship, right? We're making a conscious choice to be connected to another human being, which in my opinion is is just as much of a relationship as anything romantic or sexual. And it certainly, it probably looks different. And, you know, kind of the boundaries and parameters and like actual lived experience of it is probably going to feel different. And that's legitimate. But that a lot for a lot of people, when we use the word relationship or, you know, for some people, when we use the word intimacy, I'll talk to people about the word intimacy. And for them, that immediately means sex or it immediately means like romance. And the idea of intimacy as closeness is not even not even a thing that people consider when it comes to platonic relationships. And I think, I do think that level of connection and that level of intimacy that we can feel with our friends can be just as powerful, even if it's not sexual in nature, even if it's not about romantic partnership and romantic commitment in that way. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, when you think about it for friendship, we don't always have 
these super clear kind of social scripts for friendship, right? We're kind of just, a lot of the time, we're just figuring out friendship as we go and we're making a choice to stick together and figure shit out in a way that doesn't have this like very prescribed relationship escalator that we usually use when we think about romance or we think about, you know, our our romantic or our sexual partnerships. And I realize I just used a term that maybe not everybody knows. So for anyone who doesn't know this term, relationship escalator, um, it's a term that was sort of coined by the um, author Amy Guerin. Um, and, she, you know, she has this book called Stepping Off the Relationship Escalator. And it's basically this idea that, you know, when we think about capital R relationships, so like societally accepted romantic relationships, those types of relationships have a destination. Um, you know, if we're speaking in kind of like, again, like the culturally accepted sense, they have a set destination, right? And that destination is the top of the escalator. It's permanent, legally sanctioned sexual and romantic monogamy and probably with kids involved, right? It's it's that when you reach the top of the escalator, you are in a monogamous partnership that is probably legally sanctioned and you're in it forever. And that this is sort of the standard by which we determine if any relationship is worthwhile or if it's serious or if it's going anywhere. You can't see the dramatic air quotes that I'm doing right now, but I'm doing air quotes right now. Is this idea that, you know, if it's on the escalator and it's going up toward that end goal, that's what legitimizes a relationship. That's what makes it serious or important or real, right? And that anything that's not on that escalator heading up in that direction is not real, isn't as important. And that's, I think, where we lose friendships along the way as, you know, it's something that gets kind of diminished as not being as important because it doesn't put you on that escalator, and I think this can be really toxic and really limiting for a lot of reasons. I think this is, you know, that terminology is often used when you talk about, um, you know, different types of like ethical non-monogamy because it's this idea that, you know, the, the concept of the relationship escalator illustrates that like that's very limiting. And there are, of course, ways you can have meaningful partnership and commitment and care and community and connection, all the C words with other people that aren't necessarily limited to that one trajectory, right? And to be clear, in case anyone was wondering, I don't think that there is anything wrong with wanting to be in a monogamous partnership, right? Or wanting to be married or having, you know, having that be your end goal. There, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And if that's the thing that is going to have you feel happy and fulfilled in a romantic partnership, that's wonderful. But I think this idea that that that's the only way, that that's the only legitimate end goal for a relationship to be meaningful or for a relationship to be important or for a relationship to be a relationship is really fucking toxic. And I think it's also part of what makes this question that this person is asking, so to get back to their question, so muddy, right? So let's talk about that. I, you know, before sharing my kind of response to this, I did post this is kind of like an all call on um, Instagram for people to share about, you know, their own pain points with navigating kind of platonic intimacy and specifically moving a relationship from a place 
that was at some point romantic or involved attraction of some kind into a place of, you know, being a platonic relationship. And folks did have some interesting things to say, as you always do. So someone mentioned how being queer helps to kind of, in their experience, helps to kind of disrupt some of the norms around this. And specifically, they called out the ways that often for queer folks, it's really common for us to remain friends with our exes. So this isn't something that's unusual. In fact, several of my exes um, responded to this question and asked and offered like really helpful insights. So thank you um, to all of you. <laughs> um, a couple of folks did mention, and this was like a pretty commonly shared thing, did mention the need for some sort of like no contact or low contact break period between when the romantic or sexual relationship ends and then the kind of platonic iteration of the relationship begins to sort of create kind of a buffer, a cool down period to give space for, you know, reflection or deciding what you all want the relationship to be differently moving forward. Um, we had a number of folks mention the importance of super clear communication about what was and wasn't going to be okay in sort of the new configuration of the relationship. Um, making sure to set really clear parameters up front was really important to people. Um, some folks mentioned the feeling that like this is something that can be hard because even when you move into a platonic friendship space with someone and you aren't romantically involved anymore, that you know, when you're friends and you're sharing about, you know, what's going on in your life, there can still be jealousy that pops up. And sometimes unexpectedly, you know, if you're aware of that person having a new romantic or sexual partner, once you've, you know, moved into that friendship space and you're not, you know, romantic or sexual with each other anymore. Um, but conversely, I also had someone say that knowing that their ex had slept with someone else since the you know, romantic part ended and that they had also slept with someone else post-breakup made it, they said it made it easier to move into friendship knowing that they had both like moved on to a new, you know, person or had slept with someone else since the end of things. Um, and then one more thing that I really love that someone shared was that, you know, having this sort of intentional shift from the relationship looking one way to looking another way helps them to see their relationship with that person as dynamic and not linear, which I think is awesome. I think that's really important to remember that, you know, our relationships with people change over time no matter what. And this is just an example of that and the ways that, you know, of course you're going to grow and evolve and change and that your relationship is going to grow and evolve and change too. It's going to be dynamic. And so, and it not necessarily linear, which is what that relationship escalator kind of concept gets at. And so I think the big thing here, um, as with literally everything I talk about, because I'm always talking about humans and their experience, is that this, I mean, this is going to feel different for everybody. Um, but the big thing that we're navigating here when we think about, you know, shifting the type of relationship we're in, moving it into a different type of occupying a different space. And it's something we talk about a lot, uh, which is boundaries. I think really, really figuring out what your boundaries are going to be here with this person is really important. And essentially, you know, what you're doing is not starting a brand new relationship with someone. I mean, this is somebody who, and even in the case of the person who wrote this note, like, 
you don't necessarily have some long lengthy relationship with somebody but this isn't like starting fresh you have something that you are building this on you know this person you care enough about them that you want to maintain the relationship even if it's in a new form right but you're changing the terms and the boundaries of the relationship and the number one thing that this requires above anything else the number one thing is clarity of communication you will not be able to do this you will not be able to move a relationship from a romantic or sexual space into a platonic one in a healthy way if you can't communicate honestly and directly with this person and vice versa period it will not work i promise you so that's number one i think it's really key to have a conversation with the person explicitly about what you both want moving forward into a platonic friendship and determining together what the right boundaries and what the right parameters around that are going to be for you. Because the thing to remember is that your your baseline for how you relate to each other, kind of what you default to, is likely going to be whatever you were doing in the previous relationship or the previous version of the relationship. But what we're talking about here is wanting the relationship to be something different. And so that means that you have to show up differently and with a lot of intention. And you want that to be aligned with how the other person is showing up. Like if it was pretty par for the course for you, you know, previous to this shift to like talk openly about sex with this person or to flirt with them or to be sending them selfies back and forth all day or whatever the case may be. If you don't want that to be part of your new normal interaction, someone is going to have to name that and you're going to have to agree to whatever feels best for both of you moving forward. It's going to have to be named explicitly. Otherwise, the default is going to be to go back to what feels comfortable or what felt comfortable before, which might not feel comfortable now. And to be fair, you know, if you're friends with me, you know this already, but for me and my relationships, I personally think that you should be checking in about boundaries continuously with pretty much everyone. So even if you're not in a situation where you're, you know, wanting to do the specific thing we're talking about and, and you know, move from romantic attraction to platonic friendship, even if you are literally just having any kind of, you know, meaningful relationship or connection or intimacy with someone that's even if it's just continuing as is and you don't want to change it in any way, I still think it's really important to be able to check in with that person regularly and to say, hey, does this feel good for you when I send you texts like this or when I communicate with you in this way or when I do this thing? Because if you're, you know, if anything I'm talking about here, if you're, if you're hearing this and thinking that any of this communication or directness or boundary setting sounds weird or sounds awkward, I can tell you it's because you're not you're not doing it regularly. It's not a muscle that you have been working. And so it doesn't feel like part of your normal playbook for your relationships and your communication. So of course it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel not natural. So you have to practice. And something I really recommend doing, no matter who you are, no matter what your relationships look like, even if there isn't a romantic or sexual relationship at all for you, even if it's all platonic friendship, something that's really important is to normalize checking in about your communication and your connection and how it's feeling and landing for the other person. You cannot read people's minds. No matter how much you might believe that you're intuitive or you're an empath, you cannot read other people's minds. 
And so that's really important. It's important that you find a way that feels good for you and feels good for the other person to check in about those things and to incorporate that into your regular communication. And the thing that this could bring up, though, is kind of part two of, you know, my advice around this, which is that you have to get used to and accept and get comfortable naming when something has, you know, pushed on a boundary for you or when something feels uncomfortable or feels off or doesn't work. And you aren't always going to be able to predict which of those things, you know, it's going to be on the front end. And do I think you should still have the conversation on the front end of things and say, hey, as we're going into this, like, this is what I think we should do and there should be alignment and there should be a conversation? Absolutely. You should still definitely try to anticipate and proactively plan for as much as you can and say, you know, like, here are the things, here are the boundaries I think we should have in place. Here are the things that I think would be would be hard for me to deal with and let's try to avoid those or let's have a plan to talk about those. But you're going to come across something that you might not have thought would feel bad or something that you didn't think would be difficult, you didn't, you didn't anticipate would be uncomfortable for you. But then when it actually happens, when it actually presses a button for you, that's going to be hard. And I think for a platonic relationship, a platonic friendship to be sustainable, you will have to be able to self-reflect on, understand, and sometimes name for the other person, no matter how uncomfortable, what happened and how it made you feel. And then how you'd like to move forward from that or how you'd like that to be handled differently in the future. You have to be able to name it. And so I think that's another piece that's really important is accepting that like someone's going to fuck up and maybe, you know, probably not intentionally either. And accepting that when that happens, you have to have the self-awareness and, you know, the ability to step out of your comfort zone and name it for the other person. And I do want to talk about, you know, I think to this person's point about, you know, befriending someone of, you know, a gender that you're attracted to. And for this person, you know, you said that that's kind of unusual for you that, and for this person, they said, you know, people of the opposite sex. Um, but, you know, so it sounds like there's kind of the gender identity this person's attracted to, and they they don't typically have platonic friendships with folks of that gender. It's It's, you know, just that's not kind of in their experience. And so this is also stepping into uncharted territory in that way. Um, I mean, I think the only way that's going to get unweird is if you try it and you see what it feels like for you. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be a little wonky because your first experience, it sounds like, is going to be someone that you were at one point attracted to or who you, you know, felt a romantic connection with. And so it's, you know, that's going to feel a little different than if you just met a cool person who happened to be of the gender identity you often are attracted to and you're like oh I just want to be friends with this person and then you befriended them and I promise it you can be friends with somebody even if their gender identity falls under your umbrella of attraction um I can tell you that from experience I've been attracted to people of a lot of genders and have also managed friendships with folks of those same genders um sometimes the same folks um <laughs> so it is totally possible um but as with anything else, I mean, I think as with any friendship, it requires just a lot of honest communication about boundaries, about, you know, your willingness to name when something feels weird and a boundary needs to be put in place. I mean, everything we just talked about. Um, and anytime you're navigating something new, 
whether it's this piece that's, you know, you're you're friends with a person of a gender you're not usually friends with and you're also friends with a person who you once were attracted to. It's all new shit. And so there is the most important thing here is really going to be kind of that self-awareness and that willingness to communicate with the other person and get aligned with them and what feels good for them. And I think the last thing I'll just name is that, you know, I will say I think you need to be super honest with yourself about whether you're remaining in a friendship with someone to kind of keep them sort of on hold or like on the back burner for yourself because you think that, you know, you'll want to be in a romantic relationship with them in the future or, you know, you think they'll break up with their significant other. So like got to keep them close by just in case that happens or, you you know, you think that if you ever break up with your current significant other that you'd want to be with them. Um, and like, I, to be clear, I, I guess there's a scenario where, you know, this is one thing if you're communicating this with the person and y'all are on the same page of like, oh, someday if we're ever both single, we should totally get together. And there's, there's honesty around that. Um, but I just name that because I think harboring someone as sort of a romantic option for you under kind of the, the guise or the facade of sincerely wanting to be their platonic friend um can actually be dishonest and so there's also I think an important piece of just really being aware of kind of your own intentions and the why behind you pursuing that friendship um but my main takeaway really is just to be super fucking honest I think you should be super fucking honest all the time but especially with this as you're navigating something that feels tricky as you're navigating boundaries being super honest being honest with them being honest with yourself and recognizing that like this is probably going to be a little messy you know moving a relationship from a space of romance or a you know a sexual attraction or both is into a space of you know being platonic just friendship I think is is messy and can be confusing and I think that's okay. Um, And if you're both committed to, you know, figuring out a way to be friends and you both, you know, are are wanting to put in the work to figure that out in a way that feels good to both of you, then I really, really believe that you will. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson. And I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.